try it again. How's everybody? Very good. Welcome to Wednesday Night Deep Dive. Everybody in the sanctuary, everybody online, we appreciate you being here. If you watch it live with us, it's going to be a good night. If you watch it tomorrow, the next day, it'll still be a good night. You're going to enjoy this, I promise. Something phenomenal tonight. So, uh, if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, I will open us up with prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this good night. Thank you for this wonderful church, and thank you for Wednesday night deep dive. Lord, help me to teach tonight. Help us to learn tonight. And Lord, do something in us so we can say when we leave this sanctuary or we leave this live stream, that the Lord has done something in my life. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. 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 So, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, we've been in a series entitled Training the Inner Man. And here's the, the, the whole heart of this series is the world that we grow up in, that we're born in, the natural lost world, operates in reaction. So we wait for an outside event to happen, and then we react. So we're living from the outside in. After salvation, and, and that's the heart of uh, training the inner man, after salvation, we need to learn to live active from the inside out. You, you see what I'm saying? We Now we don't react to circumstances on the outside. We begin to take action from what's on the inside of us, uh, focusing it out into the world. So Paul writes to the church and begins to teach the church about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And he explains that these manifestations comes in the form of different gifts. Are we having technical? Well, it's because I don't have it in my ear. <laughs> Pastor, if you're watching this right now, this, that was the way Dee said to wear my microphone. Thank you. Remember today. <laughs> it's been a day. Has it not, Bob? It has been a day. So anyway, Paul, as he, he explains these manifestations of the Holy Spirit, um, he's, he explains they come in the form of different gifts for different people. Now, I want to show you something so we can bounce off of that. Here are some of the gifts that Paul describes. It's a very uh, familiar list. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 4. And Paul writes, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God, who works all things in all persons. Now watch. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Oh, excuse me, for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. 
to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another uh, gifts of healing or healings by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now watch, verse 11. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, that what we read was the common list of the gifts of the Spirit. But here's the problem. We tend to read these and concentrate them on the only gifts that are available. We, we uh, go through different uh, events in life, different situations in life, different challenges in life, and we tend to think this is the only gift that the Holy Spirit is going to give to us. So look at the foundation Paul gives us concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is within everyone who is saved. Now watch, I'm going to get some flack on making that statement. The Holy Spirit is in anybody and everybody that is born again. I'm going to show you why here in a little bit, why I say this. So, so don't get your knickers in a, in a twist. And I, I was at one church and, and I made that statement. And the guy stood up, man. He Remember that? You was there. He was mad because he had the Holy Spirit better than anybody else. And you could tell that's exactly what, what he was saying. Everybody that is saved has the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you why I say that in just a bit. Second, Paul says, there is only one Holy Spirit, but there is a multitude of his gifts. And then number three... The Holy Spirit gives to each Christian separately as he decides. There's an amen right there. The Holy Spirit makes the decision on what gift we get and, and when we get it. Now, here's what we're seeing. Not every believer will operate in the same gift of the Holy Spirit. Not every believer operates in the same gifts. There are times um, that, that some gifts of the Spirit will operate in just one person or a few people in the church. And then there are times, and we're going to talk about this tonight, that the whole church is offered a gift by Holy Spirit. He'll come into a church. Uh, a good example of this is revival. Have you ever been in a revival? And the whole church gets revived. And, and, uh, and that's, that's the Holy Spirit offering this gift of revival to everybody in the church at one time. So, it's a manifestation of the Spirit that is available to anybody and everybody that, that will receive it. So, tonight, I want to look at, at a gift of the Holy Spirit that He's been speaking to me about that is being offered to the whole church right now. Now, watch, there's, a, there's an extreme difference between, um, have you ever known somebody that, that was mean, got born again, and wasn't mean anymore? Yeah, I was like that. 
I was like that. I wasn't a really, really nice guy whatsoever. Um, I got born again, and I became a really, really nice guy. Don't listen to anything Jody says right at that point. <laughs> so there's, there's a difference between normal feeling, normal attributes, and a powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. Now watch, Paul notes this fact as he explains the operation of the Spirit. Hold, hold your place and go to chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Hold your place because we're going to bounce right back there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Now, remember I said that everybody that is saved has the Holy Spirit. There's, there's some uh, real loose theology around that says you get saved and then you get the Holy Spirit. There is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a greater move of the Holy Spirit. It's a transformation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings gifts with him when this happens. But listen to this. Watch. Here's why I say it's impossible without the Holy Spirit to even have salvation. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse number 14. Watch what, watch what Paul says. But a natural man, that's the unborn again man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. You see? Only someone with the Holy Spirit working in them can acknowledge who Christ is and the salvation of Christ. Here, listen how the Amplified Bible says it. Watch but the natural unbelieving man. When, when, um, when I was young, I, I wasn't raised in, in church whatsoever. And I remember, oh, I don't know, I was probably about 17, something like that. I was playing uh, music in bars, and that's how I made a living back then, uh, just playing music in bars and stuff. And this guy, I didn't realize then, he was trying to get me in church. He said, hey, we got a really good group playing at the church. You would like that. And I got mad at him. And I'm like, oh, you just want me to come play in the church. That's all you want to do. No Holy Spirit, no cognizance of who Jesus was. People would try to tell me who Jesus was. I didn't want anything to do with that. It was a waste of my time. Watch. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd, and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them, watch, because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. There is a thing, I'll, I'll show you here. Go back over to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Because of this lost condition in man, God works in us something that we cannot work in ourselves. Okay? Now watch. Look at, um, again, 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This includes what they call prevenient grace. Here's prevenient grace. 
Prevenient grace is a tiny smidgen of the Holy Spirit that invaded Pastor D's life at one point in time and made her understand what salvation was. Up until that point, she was a natural person. It was absurd. She could not understand that, you see? So, prevenient grace says there is a bit of the Holy Spirit that invaded my life in my 20s that allowed me to open my eyes and understand who Christ was. Okay? Now watch. I want you to see this. Um, go to Ephesians chapter number 2. Just keep going to the right. Ephesians chapter number 2. Prevenient grace leads us to a personal decision based on the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Have you got Ephesians 2? Look at verse number 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Turn back. Go to Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter 10. Are you going there? Romans 10. Now, we're laying a foundation. I want you to see the dual work of the Holy Spirit. The twofold work of the Holy Spirit. The first work of the Spirit is the gift of spiritual understanding to see what God is offering. Prevenient grace. Even, I, I got saved under a doctrine that said if you spoke in tongues, it was the devil. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just the way it was, man. They were filled with the devil himself if they spoke in tongues. So, being, even though I was born again, I was naturally minded, and it was absurd to me because you need the Spirit to understand spiritual things. Prevenient grace worked in my life again. One day, he had me hook up with some people, David Lee, had me hook up with him, and he very patiently began to show me Scripture, and I began to look at it, and Holy Spirit began to open my eyes. And then, watch, here's the second work of, of that dual benefit of the Holy Spirit. Watch, the first work of the Spirit is a gift of spiritual understanding to see what God is offering, Okay? The second work is a gift of faith so that you can step up and act on those things, okay? Look at Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. But well, what does the word say? The word is near you. Now watch, watch. You can see both actions of the Holy Spirit here. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, now watch this. Paul describes a person's experience when they use their free will on both offers of the Holy Spirit. One, the ability to understand. Two, the ability to move forward and receive it. Watch what he says in verse 10. With the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. I, have you ever met the people that say, oh, I, I believe, I believe, and that's it. No, I'm not going to be baptized. No, I'm not going to go to church. No, I'm not going to live a Christian lifestyle. No, I'm not going to get involved. Oh, it's okay, but I believe. That person is not born again. The first work of the Holy Spirit has allowed them to understand. And that brings righteousness into them. And they begin to say, yes, I see Jesus as Savior. The second work is the gift of faith to be able to step up and say, I'm taking it for myself. That's the person that gets born again. Hmm? And this, this is kind of tough on our modern day theology. Because we want to say, well, you know, old neighbor Jane over there, she said she believes, so I, I'm, my, my responsibility's off, I'm done. Now I don't have to worry about her. Well, she's not born again. She has never moved in faith on what the Holy Spirit has opened up in her understanding. You see? So D breaks her arm. And it's going to be a nasty, nasty one because the bone came out through the arm. Yow. And now it's starting to smell funny and look funny. What is that called? When it smells funny and looks funny. Gangrene. What can gangrene do to her? What will it do to her? I don't want to hurt her feelings. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, you're okay. You're okay. Hmm. And we be quiet. We see people that, well, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And that's it. They have believed unto righteousness, but they have never made confession unto salvation. And we're saying to them, you'll be fine. You'll be good. They're gangrene in their spirit, but you're all right. Come on. Boy, this is unpopular in church these days, isn't it? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Now watch. I want to apply all of this to the next passage of Scripture we're going to look at here. Okay? Everything that we've looked at so far has to do with what Holy Spirit said He is offering the church as a whole tonight. As I prayed and said, Lord, what do you want me to teach? I knew that I'd be teaching in here. I knew our extended congregation would be watching this online. I knew that people in other countries would be watching this. 
And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, right now, our church, churches at large, are feeling more burdening pressures today than any other time in the church's life. A hopelessness, a burden. Am, am, am I wrong? Because if I'm wrong, I'll just quit. Am, am I right? The burden of, of lost people, the burden of what's going on in our country. Now watch this. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, and it's so true. Hope deferred does what? Makes the heart sick. And there is, watch, there's nothing. Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing that will kill, steal, and destroy an individual, a church, a nation, anything more than the state of hopelessness. Because it just, it makes her heart sick. Now watch. This is what, this is what I've brought everything to. I want you to look at another. I remember I said we tend to look at this list and say that's all there is for, for gifts of the Spirit. I want you to look at another gift of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about. And he's offering it to us tonight. Look at Romans chapter number 15. Now watch. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. Uh, watch this. Romans 15, verse number 13. Now watch this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abide bound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Two works of the Holy Spirit. Prevenient grace in the next gift. Watch. The first work of the Holy Spirit is may God fill you with joy and peace in believing. Prevenient grace. Giving you the ability to believe. Now watch. Here's the second work of the Holy Spirit. Abounding in the gift of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Greek word abound means to superabound in something. It's a gift. It's more than a natural ability. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle. It is an explosion. It's dunamis, okay? So we're talking about a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit that transcends normal operation or normal ability. Listen, listen to the Amplified Bible. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Let me ask you, am, am I talking to anybody tonight that might need the gift of hope in your life? 
Hmm? Watch, watch. Oh, this gets so good. <laughs> so let me remind you, we're not talking about... I, I have had times in my life where I've said, Jody has said, you know, wouldn't it be nice, or I'm believing God for this. Or, yeah, that, that would be more appropriate. She'd say, you know, I'm believing God for this. And I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, I hope so. That's weak natural ability. That's the best I can come up with. I hope so. That would, what I'm saying is that would be nice. Yeah. You go on believing. Yeah, it would be nice. But I got so tired, Pastor D, that I just couldn't hope again. Hmm? I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Hmm. We're talking about a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing for the purpose of, so that, let me, let me say it again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing for the purpose that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody make a confession right now. I want to abound in hope again. Hmm? The, the Greek word hope, uh, Jody studied this out one time. To anticipate and expect with pleasure. To expect with pleasure, Idra. Watch. Jumping up and down with expectancy. That is abounding in hope, you see? Um, our, our grandson, Ethan, I forget what the gift was. I kept racking my brain today, and I couldn't remember it. But anyway, Ethan was real young. He was probably about 12. And, um, and he knew what he was getting for Christmas. It's all he wanted. He, they had to get it for him because he didn't want anything else, <laughs> you know. He begged them. I forget what it was. I don't know. Anyway, they bought it. He knew they bought it. They wrapped it, put it under the tree. He knew it was there. He looked at it every day. Okay? But the day Christmas came and he unwrapped it, he was so full of expectancy that he cried. That is superabounding in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to Zechariah. Now I'm going to give you a help here, okay? Go to Matthew. Go left and you'll find Malachi. And go left one more time, you'll find Zechariah. <clears throat> 
You can thank me for that afterward. <laughs> God sends you, you want to go to Zechariah chapter number four. Very important, very important. God sends a prophet named Zerubbabel to minister to a people that he has sent back to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. So Zerubbabel is faced with ministering to a people that is facing two great dilemmas in their life. Number one, they're returning to their own land after being conditioned by bondage and suffering to be wore out. Can, can you identify with that? They're just tired. So he's got to minister to a people that generation after generation has been in the bondage of being beat down by their circumstances. Their whole lives, maybe you can identify their whole lives was being relegated by the life that they had been seeing. And second, Zerubbabel is telling them that God is saying to them, let's do this again. Let's just start all over again. They were going to have to rebuild God's temple and reinstate pure worship in Jerusalem. In other words, they just got used to living without hope. And now God says, you're going to have to operate in hope to get this thing. Here's a couple unique things. Zerubbabel means God will not forget us. Hmm. And biblically, a mountain generally represents great issues that we're facing in our life. Have you ever come to a point in your life when God says to do this you've got to find your hope and you're feeling I have never been more tired I don't know if I can believe again. How in the world do I start over and have hope for this? That was the situation of the people that God sent Zerubbabel to minister to. So here's what God says to these people through a man named God will not forget us. 
Look at Zechariah 4, verse number 6. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. How many knows what it's like to see that situation and you just got no more hope anymore? Watch. Look how God tells Zerubbabel how he's going to do this. Verse number six again. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, what are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Do you know what the top stone is? That's the last thing they put when the work is finished. Holy Spirit has instructed me. I know it's the Holy Spirit when I turn into a big baby. (laughs) Holy Spirit has instructed me to give you this message about your situation. Remember, the top stone is the last thing in place when the job is finished. What are you, O great mountain? Before God will not forget me, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. God has given you this message. I have not forgotten you. And he has given me the message that he is offering tonight. The supernatural gift of hope again. Let's stand up. And this is for you that is watching online tonight. This is for you that's watching tomorrow, the next day, next week. It doesn't matter. This message is for you. Holy Spirit, right now, you have given us the prevenient grace to understand what you're saying. And we're asking you right now, in the name of Jesus, to the God who does not forget us, give us now 
the gift of hope again. Let us, Lord God, abound by the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in hope. To have hope in the Word, hope in our prayers, hope in the lives that we've lived, hope that we have been faithful for these years, and hope in the grace that you give to us in the times that we have not gotten it right. But we receive right now in the name of Jesus the mighty gift of supernatural hope again. And when the capstone is set on this situation, we will do it with shouts of grace, grace. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. And amen. And amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now I promise you, I promise you that from this point on, you're going to notice a difference in you. Huh? You're going to notice. You're going to identify. I have a hope that I did not have before. Because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit and He will give to ever He wills liberally. Amen? May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. And may you abound from this day forward in hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.